Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I mentioned this um, warning that's out today from Dishuk Michal Martin, and it's a really interesting comment. He, he told a private Fianna Fáil meeting that Ireland is going to be hit by a frightening wave of delayed cancer diagnosis next year. And in some cases, it's going to be too late for medicine. And he said that medical experts have warned him of dramatically increasing cancers because of delayed diagnosis linked to the impact of COVID-19 on the health service. And I mentioned this a little earlier today because I just wanted to, I just want to hear people's experience of this. If it's something that you've gone through, if you've experienced a delay in your cancer care, in your cancer diagnosis. If it's something you're concerned about, if you want to talk to us, tell us your story today, please do so. You can give us a call. Quite a number of people getting in touch uh, by text this afternoon. This listener says, my husband was undergoing chemotherapy at the time when the pandemic hit and only finished a couple of months ago. While his chemotherapy continued unaffected by COVID, he did have a number of scans and ancillary treatments that were delayed because of COVID and incident rates at the time. I was all too aware that given his health background, if there was a choice between him needing an ICU bed for a reason connected to his cancer and somebody else needing it for COVID I feel he wouldn't have got that bed This texter and this is a really just terribly sad story this listener's got in touch to say whatever is allocated at this point I feel is now too little too late for our family My daughter had two routine MRIs postponed during the first lockdown she'd previously had cancer and with increased seizure activity um, was prescribed an increase of medication by Zoom consultation by her neurologist. Finally, she was diagnosed with terminal grade four brain tumours in Christmas 2020. She had five subsequent brain surgeries and we lost her 14 weeks later. She was 15 years of age. We'll always wonder how we might have had her and could we have had her for so much longer. That's just a terribly, terribly tragic story from that listener and we're, we're thinking of you today and thank you for, for sending that in to us. Um, Dara's on the line with us. Dara's a breast cancer survivor. Dara, how important was early detection in your recovery and treatment? Early detection, Andrea, was the difference in life and death, really. Uh, the first part of my early detection, I would have to clap myself on the back in so far as I found a lump on my breast while in the shower. Furthest thing from my mind was breast cancer because as far as I was concerned, that was a woman's disease. Mm. But I I left it for about, only for two or three days, Andrea. Uh, every morning in, in the shower, I would feel a substantial lump. And I went to my GP. And then luck came in again. My GP is Dr. Oliver Lynn in Drogheda Medical Clinic. I went into him, he had a, a look at it, or a feel of it, you couldn't see this, it was in deep. He said it was probably a cyst, but he said, I have a, a scanner down in the back office, technicians come in on Thursday, this was on a Monday, Andrea, he said, technicians come in on Thursday, come, drop in on Thursday, we'll scan it and send it down to Dublin. So what Julie did, he went in on Thursday, was scanned, and about two, three weeks later, I got... Uh, a word from a breast clinic in Eccles Street to uh, to come up. They had uh, they got the scan and they wanted to come up and have a chat with me. 
So I arrived up at Professor Mara Stokes Clinic in Echo Street, told me he had a look at the scan and he wants to further investigate. And he wanted to do a biopsy. So literally the next week, Andrea, he had me over in the matter and I had a biopsy and a mammogram. Uh, about the following week, or maybe two weeks later, I got word to go back to his clinic for the results mm. of, of uh, the, the, the mammogram and the biopsy. I went back for the results, and uh, I was told there and then, he said, you've breast cancer, Dara. So uh, after the initial shock, I asked him, where do we go from here? And he told me, he explained to me that what, what was going on. He said he had to take the breast and my nipple, breast tissue and nipple. I asked when was this going to happen. And Andrea, he looked at me and he said, Dara, what are you doing next Thursday? So I said, I guess I'm meeting you, Silmar Prof. Yeah. And he said, yes, half seven next Thursday over in the matter. So as quick as that. So literally from the time I felt the lump to the time I was on Professor Maristoke's table was about five or six weeks. Everything, everything just everything went in my favour from 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 the get go, and including and I will I have to emphasise this to your listeners out there. The most important part of this whole thing was my reaction. I didn't leave it. I knew that this lump should not be on my body. And I didn't leave it. Mm. I went about it, and then, but everything just happened. Everything was expedited from from yeah. the get go. Nothing can quite prepare you, Dara, for that initial conversation and those words when when you hear that. And I know from talking to people before, it's just it. I'm, I'm sure for you as well, it just hit you. Oh, you see when. I had cancer was not if I had been a female Andrea lump on the breast going to a breast clinic getting mammograms biopsies if I was a female you would start thinking breast cancer I nowhere along the line did I think breast yeah. cancer it was a woman's disease and when I was called back in to Paul Stokes uh, clinic for the results of the mammogram and the biopsy I walked in, he told me to sit down, and there was a lady standing to my right, who I now know was a breast care nurse, in civvies, not in a, in a uniform. Mm. And I sat down, and she put her hand on my shoulder. And that was the first indication to me that this is not good. There's something wrong, something seriously wrong here. In the, in the subsequent um, procedure, and, and surgery, Dara, that you had. Did you follow up treatment then in the aftermath of that? I did. I uh, the follow up treatment. I had to. I had to get what's known as a chemo rinse. Uh, just in, in, in injections of, of uh, chemo. Mm. It wasn't the full. Mo- I was very. I was very fortunate. I didn't have to get it intravenously. Although you were tired, you were a bit nausea I with know. it. It was nothing like the full Monty. And uh, basically, that, that was that went on for about five weeks, I would say. And uh, I am now 
just after completing my first year in remission. Okay. And how are you feeling, Dara? I'm feeling fantastic, yeah, Andrea. Yeah, and prognosis I'm is good. And and I'm feeling fantastic and I'm feeling... I'm feeling very, very, very lucky. I've just I've completed the the Great Pink Run both in Leopardstown and in Kilkenny yeah. this 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 year, and I've become very, very, very passionate about breast cancer Ireland since this has happened to me. Yeah. And so far as it's so, if I had have ignored that lump, now there was no pain that came with the lump, so. You know, you could go, ah, forget it, leave it. But if I had to ignore that lump, I would be in serious trouble. So when you listen to this, uh, you know, this warning today and, and the Taoiseach talking about the, uh, the the advice that he's been given from, from medical experts um, about the potential for, like as he described, and, and to use his own word, a frightening wave of delayed cancer diagnosis next year because of the number of um, restrictions that we had in place, particularly in the initial, initial stages of the COVID-19 pandemic. And Michal Martin said, you know, th- this is linked to that, to the COVID-19 COVID-19 restrictions within the health service. I mean, like, like you know firsthand, Dara. I mean, you've just outlined, you know, so eloquently for all of us here today, the impact of early diagnosis, you know, and the, and, and the, the positive story from, from, from early intervention. It quite literally, Andrea, is the difference between life and death. It really, really is. From, like, from myself going to my doctor, the doctor expedited it, Professor Morris Stokes expedited it, like everything. Yeah. It's, it is so, so, so important. It really is. I can't stress that. Was, was, was your treatment, was this during the COVID pandemic or prior to it, Dara? It was actually during it. I remember in the waiting rooms, uh, people wearing masks. Well, I say okay. people. I was, I was the only male in, yeah, in these waiting rooms, and yes, it was, it was, uh, in the it was two thousand and one. So it was, and it was sorry. Yeah, it was. I had the mastectomy on the twelfth of March, two thousand and one. So it was, it was the end of February, two thousand and twenty-one. Is this? Sorry, last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Look, it's it's really interesting, Darren. You're you know you're a very worthy voice, I think, to listen to, particularly in the conversation around breast cancer, because uh, you know I know it's not something I suppose that typically people tend to think of associated. with men, it is primarily associated with with women, and they're often the stories that we hear. So, I think it's really important to to listen and to hear. You know, you advocate um, for people and for men as well to to be so breast aware. And obviously, we had the month highlighting that as well, just uh, just last month as well. Um, stay with us, Dara, because I've another caller here. Barbara is with us on the line today. Barbara, what's your experience? So um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2017, so it's coming up to five years now. And um, in the, um, uh, I got my treatment, I got reconstruction, all was good. But in the time following uh, the, the the period where you have breast cancer, you're monitored on an annual basis. And that monitoring is really important because that's all about preventing a recurrence of a cancer. And I was really frustrated during COVID, um, first of all, about the lack of communication around the ongoing monitoring, because 
every year when you have your monitoring, it's just so important that you get the all clear that says, yeah, all looks good for this year. So you kind of go into your next year feeling like, okay, I'm I'm good, I'm good, there's no recurrence. Yeah. And particularly, Barbara, that five-year period, isn't that always yes, what they say, the, the medics most. will tell you, that, that exactly. five-year exactly. is key. And, and, and I found myself during COVID having to fight for my checkups. I was offered uh, appointments on a screen. I was offered conversations on the phone. And I said, no, I wanted to see a doctor. I wanted to go in for a mammogram. Sure, nobody can tell you through a screen whether you've got something else happening in your other breast, you know. So I found myself in a situation all during COVID because the number of people that were being checked, um, uh, you know, got you got the, the number of people that could go back for their checks was drastically reduced. And I fought every single year up until last week, actually, I had my five-year mammogram. I haven't got the results yet, but okay. I had to fight for that. And that was still six months late this year. Now, I fought and I'm, you know, I've got a lot to say and I've probably got a big mouth. A lot of women I know didn't fight. And there's a few women that I know now who didn't have mammograms in the first couple of years. Similar situation to me, diagnosed the same year as me. They didn't fight to get their mammograms. They accepted what they were offered, which sometimes was an on-the-phone consultation. And now they're in a situation where they've had recurrence. So that announcement today doesn't surprise me at all. It's not going to be, it's not only going to be about newly, newly diagnosed cancers. It's going to be about all the people who have recurrence. Um, as a result of the various stops and delays and restrictions that happened during COVID. I mean, from what I can gather, certainly in the hospital that I went to, for probably about the first four months, they saw no one. They saw no one because they weren't allowed to continue with the ongoing monitoring of people. This is going to be a massive issue. It's the it's the concern as well, Barbara, for people and like for yourself and I'm sure for many other people that you know that went through, you yeah. know, the treatment and diagnosis around the same time as you. You're in a constant state mm. of just worry and your yeah. family and friends, I'm sure, you know, all there waiting to get over that, that yeah. five year hurdle. Yeah. And you're just like every year you kind of want... You want you want the reassurance that somebody's checked and somebody's yeah. looked and somebody knows that you're okay, and you kind of breathe a sigh of relief and you get through the next year. And all during COVID, I know I know it was delayed for for um, there were valid reasons because we didn't know what we were dealing with at the beginning. Mm. But I feel like the the hospitals um, and the health system didn't recover that situation quickly enough. I really feel like um, there was a real lack of information. You know, I was on online forums asking people in other parts of the country, do you have your mammogram? Are you getting mammograms? What are you being offered? What's the norm? What's the standard, you know? Um, And it really, really was unclear. And it left an awful lot of people in a limbo. And if you weren't bold enough to fight and argue, and I sent in complaints and everything to the hospital to say, I want my mammogram. You know, you have to be a... a And not everyone wants to fight and complain, right? You don't don't want to be arguing with the hospitals when they're in the state that they were in, right? But you kind of have to do that for yourself to get the answers. And I just feel sad for people who maybe didn't didn't get to do that, you know. Um, and I've had those um, recurrences diagnosed later than they would have ordinarily been if they'd been in their normal annual checkup situation, mm-hmm. you know. 
Like I, I know, you know, and you mentioned it yourself, Barbara, at the start of all of this, like we didn't know what we were dealing with in terms of COVID and like what we did here in terms of the restrictions around health services was in line with other, you know, international experiences as well. But like when you look at the figures, you know, the Taoiseach talking about new figures revealing that monthly cancer referrals from GPs are as, they're up as much as 52% by compared to, to 2019, the last full year before the, the pandemic hit. Um, you're waiting to get your, your own results, Barbara, now back after the, the five-year mammogram, but you're keeping well anyway, are you? And you're, yeah, you're feeling yeah, all right, God. yeah. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, what that gentleman was saying before was correct. When you're in the system and you're being looked after, the staff are amazing. They're unbelievable. They'll do whatever they can to sort you out, you know, to get you to that stage where... You're only, you know, getting your checks on a yearly basis. So there's no criticism on my part of the staff who are doing their absolute best. The system didn't recover quickly enough, I don't think. And I think we're going to pay the price for that in the future, you know. It's just, it's incredible. I couldn't believe it when I read this story this morning, you know, and just even mm-hmm. that figure around around the, the statistics as well. Uh, Barbara, yeah. listen, best of luck in the coming weeks, you know, when you, I, I know you'll be, it'll be an anxious wait till you get that call um, from the oncologist, but I, I wish you all the very best of luck and I hope all goes well for you and mind yourself and Dara as well. Dara, thanks a million for getting in touch with us too. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.